Hebrews chapter 1. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I want to talk about the Thomas Syndrome today. You know what that's all about, don't you? Unless I see, I won't believe. That's what Thomas was all about. Thomas was the disciple that was not with the other disciples after Jesus' resurrection. You know the story. Jesus appeared to the disciples after Jesus was crucified, and they thought it was all over. They were scared. They were frightened. They were hiding behind closed doors. Jesus appeared to them. And they told Thomas about this incident. And then Thomas said, unless I see and unless I touch, I will not believe. And there is so many people today that unless I see it, I'm not going to believe it. The Bible says, look at verse 6, without faith, it is, what's the word there? Give it to me. Impossible to please God. The only way that we can live is by faith. I was talking to a minister a few days ago, and uh, he was talking about leaving the pastorate and going into uh, evangelism. And he said, boy, I'm going to need a lot of faith. And I said, well, you better think twice because the just live by faith. That was a little play on words that maybe he wasn't just, wasn't living by faith. I was trying to be humorous. All right, it's time for a courtesy laugh. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, that's better than a real life. <laughs> the only way to please God is by faith. We want to look at faith. We don't want some kind of abstract definition of faith. We want to see an embodiment of what faith is. How can we look at faith? Well, look at verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, then how are we going to look at faith if you can't see faith? It is possible to see an incarnation of what faith is. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 is all about. Of course, verse 1, it says, faith is. Then verse 2, for by it, faith, elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, by faith. Verse 4, by faith. Verse 5, by faith. Verse 7, by faith. Throughout the whole book, by faith, things were accomplished for God. And that's the only way to live, is by faith. Faith is the territory and the area that we must live in. We must get out from the shore into the depths of God's infinite love so that we will depend totally and completely upon Him. Old Testament men and women had nothing to rest upon except the promises of God. Look at verse 2. For by it, talking about faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. You see, men and women of the Old Testament had nothing to rest upon except the promises of God without any visible evidence that they would ever be fulfilled. Yet, they regulated the whole course of their lives on the basis of those promises. And of course, that is faith. We have a book of promises, and we must base our life based upon the promises that are in the good book. Amen? Amen. 
They could do that because of the certainty which faith achieves. Faith gives solid ground and acts as the title deed to things hoped for in the future. When Jesus said that we have a home in paradise, that we have a mansion with him, it's as if he's already given us the deed to it. We haven't seen it yet, but we have the promise from John chapter 14 that he's coming one day for us. And we are to live by faith and with that hope. Verse three, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Faith does not deal exclusively with the future. It likewise enables us to have a comprehension of the past and only faith can explain history. Only faith can explain how this universe was spoken into being. It's by faith and faith alone that the world was created because of a specific utterance of God is a confession of faith. By faith, verse three, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The entirety of this chapter relates the incarnation of faith in the life of specific people with definite problems and lets us clearly see how to please God. Here's my proposition. Faith is the enabler that moves us from the Thomas syndrome. I got to see it. Faith is the enabler that moves us from the Thomas syndrome to a life that pleases God in our giving, in our living, and in our serving. Faith. And that's what we're going to talk about, those three things. And it won't take long. Anybody hungry? Well, that's a good spiritual thing to be, is hungry. I hope you're hungry for the Word of God. Only faith enables us to please God in our giving. Look at verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. A lot of people try to uh, theorize the fact that the reason his gift was accepted is because it was a blood sacrifice and the other one came from the ground. Not so. The reason that his sacrifice was more excellent, the first two words in verse 4, is that he brought it by faith. And when you bring your offerings to the church, you don't bring them grudgingly, you bring them by faith. You bring them by faith and you release them to the work of the ministry, and that's the way it should be. You know, a lot of people want to come and not give their money or their tithes and offerings by faith. They want to give it and then sit on some board and decide exactly how it's going to be spent and try to control it. When you give to God, you release it. When you give, it must be done in faith-believing, anticipating that there's going to be a great future ahead. One of the uh, definitions in the original language is a confident expectation. When Jesus said, I've gone and I'm coming again to receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may also be, we have a confident expectation that what he said is going to come true. Amen. Thus, we have hope in this life of the life to come. 
And so we live by faith. How did we build this church? We built it because we had a tremendous amount of money in the bank and all we had to do was write a check. Absolutely not. Ovella Pew and many that came from Orange Avenue can testify to the fact that we built it by faith. What was Abel's stewardship? Why was it more excellent than Cain's? Because of one thing, his faith. His faith. It was faith that enabled Abel to give with abiding significance. And we must give in faith if our giving makes any durable difference. Did you come today with a faith expecting God's blessing upon you? Amen. Did you come today in faith believing that God was going to bless you and touch you and instruct you and guide you and inspire you in some way? If you came expecting, God's going to give it to you, not because I'm preaching, not because of the music, but because you came in faith and God's going to do it through the various instruments that are used. Amen. Only faith enables us to please God in our giving. Secondly, verse 5, only faith enables us to please God in our living. Living. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. That's a great testimony. How are you going to please God? You're going to please him by living by faith, by not grumbling, by not grappling with the conditions and the circumstances and the difficulties that you're going through, by not being jealous or envious of somebody else because they got more. You're going to please him because you live by faith, believing that you have the almighty God, the Holy Spirit living within you, that you have the promise of life forever. You have the promise that he's going to take care of everything in this life for you. He's going to keep you from temptation. And even if you're tempted, he's going to provide a way of escape for you. He's going to fulfill your greatest dreams and visions in this life because we live by faith in God and not in man. Amen. I hate to say this, but you get to watching men and women too much. You're going to be disappointed at some juncture in the relationship. That's just the way it is. If you get to watching me too much, I can't live up to your expectations of me. You shouldn't be watching me. You should be watching Jesus. Now, some who've just gotten saved and are learning the way they're learning about Christian lives by watching us. I'm not saying that we don't have responsibility, but I'm saying those of you that are mature should now be looking beyond the leadership and watching Jesus, keeping your eyes focused totally and completely upon Jesus. As a matter of fact, I believe it's over in the next chapter Verse two, look unto Jesus. We're running, we're running a race here, so to speak. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand and the right throne of the Father. You see, we're running a race that's set before us. That's what it says in verse one here. But we look unto Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate coach. Jesus is our ultimate benchmark. You want to know about Jesus? 
Take a long look in the Gospels and read about Jesus, where he went, what his interest was, what his compassion was, where he spent his time, how he dealt with people. He was someone that had a temper. You know, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. I mean, there's times that you need a temper. And if you don't have one, see my wife after church and she'll show you how to get one. <laughs> That's her special ministry. She taught me. She loves me or she'd never permit me to say anything like that. <laughs> All we know about Enoch can be said in a sentence. He walked with God and was not. And we read in that verse that it was by faith, by faith. What have you placed your faith in today? Well, I have to admit, I placed my faith in that old car to get me here today. I got in, never had a thought that I wouldn't get here, had plenty of gas. Do you know, I know how to get in and engage the ignition, turn it on. <laughs> I know how to raise the garage door. I know how to come in this direction. I don't need a map to get to church. I've been here before. I couldn't see the church when I left, but I had every faith I was going to make it. Wasn't thinking about dying, thinking about living. Thinking about preaching to a full house by faith. By faith, I plan to go to bed tonight, and I expect to wake up into the morning and be about my daily routine. By faith. I'm going to tell you, it's been a long time that I've thought about faith and how important it is. If we walk by sight, then we get discouraged. We see how people are and how unfaithful maybe they are to the things of God. And we focus upon that and we get discouraged. I'll never forget commenting to my father one time, he'd get up on Sunday morning and bless us out for the ones that weren't there. I said, Daddy, It takes either a crazy man or a man with a lot of courage to approach your father and say, Daddy, you know, you ought to be thankful for the ones that are here. You're blessing us out. They're not even going to get to hear it. Wait till they get here and then give it to them. But it's a blessing. And I'm thankful. By faith, I expected you to be here today. Some are missing. And we can concentrate upon the ones that are missing and forget about what God has for us here and now. Amen. And listen, if we come together like the church in the book of Acts, there is nothing that can't be done. Amen. There is nothing that can't be done. And no doubt if we went around this congregation, you have family members, you have children, you have cousins, you have co-workers that never darken a church door. Wouldn't it be a blessing of God that we begin to pray and ask God somehow to use us as the bridge where they could walk across us into the church and hear the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, and get saved? Amen. It's time for us to dream big dreams because we have a big God and we can have faith in God. And sometimes I think we, we make our God too small. I read in the Bible that nothing is impossible to them that, what? Believe. And I want to believe in God more than anything else. I want to believe in God. Enoch, his fellowship with God in a corrupt age was an expression of faith. 
Enoch's kind of fellowship with God is an evidence of faith. I love it. He had this testimony that he pleased God. It starts up here. Let me show you this. Verse 1, it talks about faith is. That's present tense. It's to be a living, breathing life. Verse 2, by it, talking about faith, elders obtained a good report, a good testimony. Verse 3, by faith we understand about the worlds, how they were brought into being. By faith we understand about Abel's offering. By faith we understand about Enoch's testimony. And then it gives us a contrast. It's talking about faith and how important it is. And then in verse 6 it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith is just not something you exercise to say, yes, I have faith in God and now I'm saved. Diligently seek Him. This is a lifestyle. This is the way we're supposed to live. Regardless of what's facing us, when we turn the corner and things look dim and look difficult, we're to have faith and believe in God that He's going to see us through. Only faith enables us to please God in our giving. Only faith enables us to please God in our living. And only faith enables us to please God in our serving. Verse 7, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned, that word, better translation here might say, by which he pronounced judgment on the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. According to faith. Noah didn't have any idea that maybe he had had something to eat the night before and caused him to dream about this divine intervention, but he believed it was God and it hadn't rained, and here he is out building an ark. What are you doing, Noah? Crazy guy. He's a nut, isn't he? But yet by faith, he didn't know what was in the future. He'd been promised, and by the same token, you and I have been promised some things from God. They're all right here in the Word of God. Amen. He's promised us if we'd seek, we'd find. If we'd knock, the door would be open. Too many times we think, well, I'm saved, now i just got to wait for it to happen. No, He wants you to have some action. Some action. Get busy. And that's what Noah did. Noah's faith consisted in taking God at His Word. I'll tell you one of the greatest things you can do in your Bible study is just read Proverbs. There's, uh, is there 31 of them, I guess. One for every day. And read about Jesus in the Gospels. Read about His promises. If you have a concordance or if you have a topical Bible, or probably in the back of your Bible, you can just look up the promises of God and just read them. I'll never forget one time when Josanne was going through some difficult times and sick, she came forward to the altar and dear Chloe Lehman 
came up and knelt down by her. Josanne probably remembers this. And Chloe reached over in her Bible and ripped out a scripture that had a promise and gave it to her and said, here, hang on to this. Hold on to this. Say, oh man, they desecrated the Bible. No, this is just printed pages. It's the actual Word of God in the sense of the Word that's in here, but this is a Bible that, you know, was printed. And I don't think she did anything wrong. I talked to a lady, uh, Friday it was, had a heart attack. And they sent her to the hospital. She didn't want to go. And she said, you know, I believe the Word and Jesus are the same. And she said, I, I took that Bible and I put it I put it right on my heart and I said, Jesus, I'm believing in you. This is your word. This is you. You are the word. And I'm believing you to heal me. And she said, as God is my witness, I believe that God touched me and healed me. Said when they did the x-rays, there was just one little speck on there. One little speck. Her, her daughter said, Mama, the Lord left that speck on there so the hospital know you did have a heart attack. But she got up and she came home. Listen, by faith, and our faith needs to be in the Word of God. And if it's not something that we can stand upon, you know, some people preach some things that are kind of interesting. There are people today that consider themselves to be modern day prophets. Now get this, they consider themselves to be equal with the prophets of the Bible. This is what I believe. I believe this is a closed canon. And whatever we need to know about the future is here. And if it doesn't coincide with what's here, then it's not of God. Somebody asked me one time what I believed about a certain issue. I said, well, what does the Bible say about it? I said, if the Bible says it, then I'll believe it. I believe it. And as Christians, particularly in this day and age when you've got so much coming at you, you need to be, you need to take some things to the Word of God and check it out for yourself to be sure, to be sure. Noah's faith consisted in taking God at His Word and making the required preparations. God told him what to do. He took him in His Word, but He put action to it. He made the required preparation. And the evidence of his faith then came in the future. Then came in the future. <laughs> Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here's my conclusion. Only faith enables us to serve in the present when the evidence of our service is in the future. Faith. It's time for us to get out of the Thomas syndrome. Unless I see it, I won't believe it. I don't have to see somebody being healed to believe that God can heal. Amen. Did you get that? Amen. I don't even have to see anybody get saved or claim to be saved to know that God can save. For by faith, I know that. I believe that in my heart. I have the testimony of Scripture and I accept that. Can God forgive you of your sin? Absolutely. He can cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. Can He help me get through my problems and help me deal with my own issue? Absolutely. We've got to take time to let Him talk to us and let Him direct our paths and let Him speak to us. I'm not against doctors. I love doctors. 
But sometimes we, we run off for counseling before we've looked in the good book looking for a quick fix. And sometimes there is no quick fix. You know, it took a life to learn about all of the pleasures of life and the sin of life. And sometimes when we get saved, you know, it takes us a while to learn, hey, we, we've got to have a new direction. But I believe we've got to start on that course right away. The Thomas syndrome, unless I see it, I'm not going to believe. But we have the witness of the faith chapter, the faith hall of fame. I have the witness of some of the greatest people that I've watched down through the years that faith is alive. But even if I don't see it, I'm going to believe it. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. 